0: Colts, lots going on with Indianapolis sports media. We're going to talk about all of it. Lots going on with the Indiana Pacers, and one thing that's going on in Central Indiana and throughout the Midwest is it is soupy, man. It is hot. It is soupy. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, June 14th, Flag Day, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. You got a plumbing problem. They got plumbing solutions. It's what they do, and they execute them with brilliance and genius and trust and decency. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about sports media. First, the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Who benefits most from Matt Ryan being the quarterback for this team? That is an interesting question, right? You've got Carson Wentz, who's gone. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Carson Wentz, but there is a difference between these two guys, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. The offensive tools surrounding the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, very, very similar. You've got one, uh, well, you've got a couple uh, of incoming guys. You've got... Alec Pierce, who's going to be a big part of the wide receiver core. You've got Jelani Woods, who's got a chance to be a big part of the tight end core. Both are going to benefit from Matt Ryan being here instead of Carson Wentz. But let's talk about the guy who is most likely to benefit disproportionately, and that is Naheem Hines. How many times last year did you see Naheem Hines standing alone in the flat? as Carson Wentz locked in on a receiver and threw an incompletion. It happened a lot. Third and four, instead of going here for the sure thing, he went there for the not sure thing. Naheem Hines, 40 catches last year. I'd like to see that go to 60. He catches 60 balls and and totals somewhere around 550 or 600 yards. All of a sudden, this offense becomes different, and you can utilize him in multiple areas. You can utilize him out of the backfield, motion him. You can put him in the slot. You can, you can put him wide. You can do a lot of things with Naheem Hines because, number one, he's running back, but, number two, he is really, really fast, and he's got good hands. Naheem Hines is going to benefit from Matt Ryan being the quarterback of the Colts. Kylan Granson, now this is kind of an off-the-board guy, Right. If you want to pick a guy that, uh, like, some kind of novelty bet, I don't know where you find Kylan Granson on the list of guys you can bet to, you know, catch 40 balls or something like that. But if you can make that kind of bet, I'd make it. Judging by the number of catches and targets he had in minicamp, I think Kylan Granson is going to be a big part of this offense. Uh, much bigger than he was last year. Last year he had 11 catches for just over 100 yards. This year, he is going to be a target often of Matt Ryan in a way that he wasn't with, with Carson Wentz. And yet you understood why. And that's not necessarily Wentz. That's the Colts had Jack Doyle. You have Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox. Those are guys. Those guys are going to get fed before a rookie out of SMU taken, you know, in the middle rounds. Kylan Granson is going to get a lot of targets for the Colts. We keep talking about Mo Ali Cox, and Jelani Woods, and Andrew Ogletree, and these guys like they have all leapfrogged over the top of Kylan Granson. I don't think so. I think Matt Ryan likes Kylan Granson a lot. Jonathan Taylor is going to benefit in this way. He is going to be tar- or he is going to get fewer carries. He had 332 carries last year. I'd like to see that reduced by about 100. Take away a third of his carries, and still, if he averages 5.5 yards per carry, he's going to amass enough rushing yards to have led the NFL in rushing yards in 2021. He would still be at 1,276 yards. If you cut him to 232 carries that's going to prolong his career it's going to make him more effective this year than he would have been at 332 now he can be a workhorse he he's got that in him there's no question about that with jonathan taylor but he wants to be around for a long time and feeding him the football 332 times while in the short term really really smart and frankly where would the colts have been last year without it you can't continue to do that. You can't continue to, to give Jonathan Taylor the football 332 times. Cut that by 100, and Matt Ryan is going to be able to move the sticks without feeding Jonathan Taylor 332 times. So good. That's almost 20 carries a game. That's a lot of carries for a running back on a weekly basis in a 17-game season. Quentin Nelson, Matt Pryor. These guys, absolutely going to benefit Because he's going to be, Matt Ryan is going to be more predictable in his movements, more predictable in his sets and drops, and he's going to get rid of the ball quicker. Getting rid of the ball quicker means reducing sacks, reducing exposure to the quarterback, reducing the amount of time that offensive linemen need to hold their blocks. So instead of a guy like Quentin Nelson going from being a top five offensive guard to being a top 30 offensive guard, in terms of uh, rating services like Pro Football Focus or whatever, you're going to have a return to form for Quentin Nelson. And it, it being setting up in the pocket and moving around in the pocket for four or five seconds at a time exposes offensive linemen to injury as well. This is going to be really good for the offensive line. Matt Pryor, we don't know whether he can play dead to be honest, is a starting left tackle in the NFL. With Matt Ryan back there, he's got a chance not just to play well, but to excel as a left tackle. We're going to see if that comes to pass. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they got to go to Bernard Ryman. We don't know. But this is his best chance. With Wentz back there, Matt Pryor could be badly exposed. With Matt Ryan, it's a little bit different. Uh, Alec Pearson, and Paris Campbell. Especially Paris Campbell. He's going to get the ball on time and on target, and that means an opportunity for Yak without getting launched into the middle of next week as he is targeted and as he makes catches kind of out of the rhythm of the offense. Right? You run your route. You continue running your route. Wentz sees you, gets you the ball, throws you uh, not open but covered, and all of a sudden you get licked. That's not good. It's not good for Pierce. It wouldn't be good for Campbell. I think that this gives Campbell an opportunity to play healthy for the first time in his career. 15 games over the course of three seasons. Not nearly enough for a guy like Paris Campbell coming into a season. It's really important to him because he's going to get paid based upon what he does this season. Last year of his rookie contract. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is likely to take a step back. This is not going to be an 88-catch guy. Uh, Carson Wentz locked in on him. Matt Ryan is not going to lock in on him. Matt Ryan is going to share the sugar, as they say. And as a result, those 88 catches likely to become 70. In the end, that might be good for Michael Pittman. But in terms of getting paid, not necessarily. 88 catches, almost 1,100 yards, that pays. That's not going to happen, I don't think, with Matt Ryan. And then the tight ends. I mean, my God, look at how much money Matt Ryan made the tight ends in Atlanta, whether it was Tony Gonzalez, whether it was Jacob Tamme, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts. Now, Kyle Pitts was the fourth overall pick, and Tony Gonzalez was a Hall of Famer. You know, those guys, they'd made their bones, you know, or or were going to make their bones with or without Matt Ryan. But with Matt Ryan, Mo Ali Cox, the aforementioned Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, Andrew Ogletree—they all got chance to put up some big numbers. Um, Want to talk about MS Communications? They sold their radio holdings in Indianapolis, and and so I, I worked there for 15 and a half years, and, and I can tell you the primary difference, at least for sports fans with the fan being sold to Radio One. Radio One is going to either have to commit to being a good community partner in Indianapolis, or things are going to change pretty radically in this market in terms of media and sports. What Jeff Smolian was committed to as, as the grand poobah of MS Communications was being a really, really good community partner, working with Jim Irsay, uh working with Herb Simon, working with Fred Glass and now Scott Dolson at IU, working with Barry Collier and Purdue, or, uh, Butler University, working with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It was a mandate at Emmes that, that the partnerships between Emmes and those franchises be highly respected. With Radio 1, who headquartered just outside Washington, D.C., that may not be a priority. And that may not be a thing that uh, they necessarily ask DM Livingston, who's a really good guy, as the general manager of Radio 1 here in Indianapolis, to enact. They may be more about, hey, bottom line. And bottom line sports, that's not really the way Emmis has operated uh, since the launch of the fan back in late 2007. So that could change. And what's this mean for talent on ten seven or uh, 1075 The Fan? 1070 The Fan, old habits die hard, right? Um, Who knows? Radio is a subjective game. You know, the assessment of the value of hosts is almost entirely subjective. You're gonna look at the revenue numbers. How much does a guy cost? How much does a guy bring in? That's part of the conversation. But another part of the conversation, and maybe an important part of the conversation for Radio 1, is determining whether they just like those hosts. Who knows? With WIBC, you got kind of the same thing. Do they like those hosts, or would they rather make a change? I can tell you that when Jeff Smullion and MS Communications bought WIBC and WKLR from Scotix, Back in 1994, Stan Solomon, the afternoon drive guy on WIBC, was shot immediately, like day one. I don't think he spent a minute on the MS payroll, and that was one of the reasons that Jeff bought us. So um, subjectivity is really important in the assessment of talent, and we'll see what that means in terms of the talent at 107.5 The Fan and wibc these are interesting times and that you knew it was coming like you could tell that the sale was coming because resources were being winnowed away you know the people good people really talented people had been shown the door recently by MS and that's usually a signal that a sale is coming because they're trying to get their books in order and trying to reduce as many expenses as they can to show as much profit as they can in advance of the sale. That's the way radio works. We'll, we'll see what this means for the people who work there and for Indianapolis sports fans, but this is kind of a, this is sort of a tectonic shift in Indianapolis media and Indianapolis sports media, certainly. Uh, the relationships that existed between Jeff Smullian, Herb Simon, Jim Ursay, uh Roger Penske, all the all those partners who worked with emis for such a long time and have worked with emis for such a long time they changed yesterday radio one does not have those relationships are they going to want to pay the price to build them maintain them or are they going to scrap them that's kind of the interesting question is As we move into now, this generation of indie sports media, I I hate to see Jeff sell because Jeff is a good operator and a good guy and loves radio. And and a lot of people in radio, and this is not true for Radio 1 so good, a lot of people in radio are in it for the cash and trying to squeeze as much cash out of their properties as they can. Hopefully, Radio 1 is not one of those because a long-term sort of strategy is the best sort of strategy both for people listening to radio peak clients of radio stations and the talent working at radio stations so uh, hopefully Radio 1 kind of stays the course at least for a while and figures it out uh, AJ Griffin worked out for the Pacers yesterday alright I like AJ Griffin for an 18 year old man this kid absolutely behaves as somebody who could be A force for good in Indianapolis for a long time. uh, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin, defending defending the reigning Big Ten Player of the Year. He's going to be in today. We'll see if Shaden Sharp works out. None of us have really ever seen Shaden Sharp play. And uh, will Jaden Ivey work out? I'd love to see the Pacers get Jaden Ivey. Will they trade uh, Miles Turner? Miles Turner. Look, Miles Turner has played for the Pacers for seven seasons. Miles Turner, despite playing for seven seasons, is nowhere to be found on the top ten list really for anything other than box in the franchise history of the Pacers. That's weird to play and start for that amount of time and not amass the statistics necessary to you know start to at least bubble up into the top ten on things. We know who he is. He averages, and this is over the last five years, he has averaged between 12.1 and 13.3 points per game and 6.4 and 7.2 rebounds per game. He is who he is. Yeah, he's going to block shots. He's a relatively good defensive player. Is that going to translate to trade value, given his $18 million that he's owed this coming year as a member of the Pacers, if he stays with the Pacers? If he's traded, somebody else is going to have to carry that weight. Although the $18 million is going to come off the books next year as he becomes a free agent or a team decides to extend him, the Pacers are not going to be that team. Are they going to be able to get value back for him? Could you trade up, let's say, from six to three by including Miles Turner in a trade? I don't know. Kevin Pritchard, I'll tell you this. He's going to earn his money this offseason. This offseason is either going to mean that the Pacers become very, very relevant in the NBA or remain completely irrelevant in the NBA. It all depends on what Kevin Pritchard does with the assets that he's got and how he uses them to build that roster. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we, on this steamy, hot, hot Tuesday. going to be hot tomorrow, too. Lumineers out at Ruoff tonight. If you're going, enjoy yourself. Uh, May see you out there. Tom Ford. Happy birthday, Suzanne Gordonier priest celebrating birthday, my wonderful cousin. Joel uh, Bruce Brandingham. happy birthday, Herschel Falls. Happy birthday, Tyler Wilson. And the great Dan Spieler from Fox 59 celebrating a birthday. Jim Irsay celebrated a birthday yesterday. Did not celebrate that birthday by inviting T.Y. Hilton over to blow out his birthday uh, candles and then sign a contract. That didn't happen but I'm sure he had a good time on his birthday nonetheless. Maybe he picked up one of those guitars, the Prince guitar, and played it for a few hours for some friends. Be a hell of a way to spend Jim Irsay's birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other, don't pull each other down. Be a force for good, be nice. It's all we gotta do. We can solve a lot of our problems one at a time in it, right? You know, minimalist, one, you, you have an interaction with this person. That person has an interaction with, And you just make make somebody happy is the point. We will talk to you uh, later today. We will have an interview, really a media availability uh, with Alec Pierce. That's going to be fun. And we're going to have a hell of a day. It's what we're going to do. Johnny Davis works. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.